everybody. Welcome to the Talking Animation Podcast. And this is the show where we look at underrated, obscure uh, films that we think deserve more love, animated films. And today we are talking about uh, Kubo and the Two Strings from Laika. And it's going to be super fun. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Stanford is here. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. So excited to talk about this movie. This is really one of my favorite films from Laika. I mean, not that there's just a ton of movies from Laika, but this is definitely high on my list of films Mm -hmm. from that studio. Yeah, I agree. I, I hadn't seen it since it came out. So it was, I was curious to see how it would hold up. Yeah. I likewise, I Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it since 2016. I mean, my favorite will always be Coraline. I love that film, but uh, but That's this a good one, one. Yep. is also, I think, really strong. And uh, it's a studio that is just consistently putting out quality animated films and keeping kind of stop motion uh, art form alive, which, yeah. of course, I love to see. Me too. Yeah. So came out in 2016, which was a really strong year for animation. Oh my you goodness. had Utopia, Utopia, Moana, Moana, uh, and uh, I'm trying to remember what else. But it was a a pretty strong year, and uh, unfortunately, Kubo and Two Strings underperformed at the box office. And I'm curious. What you think, why do you think that stop motion films, why they continue to struggle to connect with audiences? You know, that's a really good point. And I honestly, I don't know. I just wonder if, if the general public, you know, maybe not necessarily animation fan, you know, true animation fans like ourselves, but more, maybe the more casual movie goer. Mm-hmm. Are turned off by the by by you know that particular art form are this are the stories mm-hmm. not necessarily appealing? I wondered about that too because the stories are often kind of mm-hmm. high concept. Yeah, you know because I mean the year before you had Shaun the Sheep movie and Shaun the Sheep movie is so endearing and sweet and delightful and I feel like Shaun the Sheep movie has everything that the Minions has. As far as the type of characters, they they don't talk. There's you know the kind of that silent movie kind of comedy yeah. type style. The animation's very sweet. In they, I don't know. And yet it bombed at the box office. Shaun the Sheep movie here. Luckily, it did well in, in Europe. But uh, I, I just think have we conditioned kids to only like or accept computer? Graphics, computer, yeah, CG animation at this point. You bring up a very excellent point, <laughs> and it's too bad because it's it's such a it's such a great art form, and so many of these films are very good. You know, mm-hmm. Kubo. I I I wonder how well it would do with like a family audience because yeah, it's not. I mean, even though. I mean, it's almost, it has the appearance of it, but it's almost not like a kid's film. It's pretty, it's, given that it's kind of, it's kind of, I mean, it, it, the, the, thematically it's, it's heavy, I think, and 
And that's not saying that it's a criticism. I'm just saying it's just, you know. Mm-hmm. And also, it's, I think, kind of, I mean, it's scary. Yeah. And, yeah. And it was also released in August, which I think was a mistake. Yeah. And that, uh, that I think that's when people are going back to school. Exactly. And just not as invested in that year for the animated film. They had... Uh, Zootopia, Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, My Life as a Zucchini, and The Red Turtle. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting group of nominees. Yeah, um, and then also, you know, Finding Dory mm-hmm. was released was released that year. Sing, yeah, Trolls, and then you know, Your Name. Hello, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> top of the list, right? Yeah, I but, so wish that they had waited to. For the for the Oscar release, they waited for your name for 2017. Yeah, because I think it would have had a, a better chance. Uh, I mean, I would just like to think that it would beat the Boss Baby or Ferdinand. <laughs> oh, hello! I mean, really. I and then also, I mean, not that this was uh, the Secret Life of Pets. It came out, you know, just another mm, one of those elimination. Yeah. It's true, and then. Not wanting to be to be crass, but sausage party too. It looks like you know, in twenty sixteen. <laughs> so talk yeah, about I, you know not a not a film for families. But. I do worry though that we have kind of conditioned kids away from other animation besides CG. Besides that, CG, yeah, mm-hmm. I, and, and and partly also the parents. I think that they that they have been sort of trained too to, to say, okay, CG that's for kids. Let's go. It seems like the, I agree with you. It seems like the only CG, excuse me, stop motion and animation film that's really done well over the last 30 years has been the nightmare before Christmas. Yeah. And that's one way back. That's, that's an oldie, but goodie now, but it, I don't remember. I don't, I'm not sure that it was a huge hit when it first came out. I don't mm-hmm. remember, but I don't think it was. I think it it like gained its audience from like home video, you know. Yeah, I think didn't did Coraline not do pretty well? I don't remember Coraline being yeah, a smash hit in the you know mm-hmm. in you know in, in its first theatrical run. More of a cult, but fan. it seemed like yeah, like it kind of kind of a cult following. Mm-hmm. Again, that's a very uneducated <laughs> you know, <laughs> observation. I don't because I don't really, one I don't really know. Inter- but it seems like it. Yeah, one interesting thing about this movie is that it was nominated for best visual effects by the Academy, which yeah. is only the second time an animated film has been nominated for best visual effects. Which the first time was Nightmare, so kind of interesting. And 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 they're stunning in this movie. I think uh, mm-hmm. the special effects are. Or, yeah, definitely and a worthy nomination. It lost to the Jungle Book. Oof. Which, <laughs> I mean, it, it has impressive visual effects if all you're looking for is realism. Yeah. I mean, every single thing in the whole shot, when you see it, is is created as a visual effect. So it's it, it's kind of hard to to ignore that. But in this case, you have everything that's created is also a visual effect and it's also 
creating a whole new world. It's not worried about realism. Well, exactly. <laughs> and then also there's so much, I just feel like so much of those big, especially those big kind of splashy scenes in the, in this film. I mean, even just the ones though with the, just that had the puppets in it. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. Oh yeah. I think. Yeah. It's very impressive. You think that, oh, they, they CGI'd that. And then you realize, oh no, that, that was a, that was an actual puppet. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like is an interesting, we can talk a little bit about sort of the background of Laika. I don't think we've done, I guess we did Paranorman a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like is an interesting thing. I mean, it, in a way it's kind of a poster child for nepotism <laughs> because I think that if it didn't have Travis Knight and Phil, Phil Knight, who's the owner, one of the owners of Nike, behind it it would not have made it through all these flops basically they've had one yeah they've had you know deep pockets (laughs) that are funding this studio that yeah that hasn't had just like a huge hit you know Mm -hmm. but they keep you know they keep creating and good for them but and originally originally phil knight became involved because he was an investor in will vinton's studio that he has that's right and if you want to check out a pretty interesting documentary last year at uh i think south by south south by southwest uh one of the festivals i it's called clay dream and it's all about will vinton and have you seen that rachel yeah 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 i saw it oh okay one of the I want to see that. What yeah, did you think it was, of it? It was really interesting, and it definitely it. I mean, it it's, doesn't necessarily portray Phil Knight in like the best, <laughs> the best <laughs> light. Uh, what he did as far as with Will Vinton and uh, kind of usurping the studio uh, away from what uh, away from Will Vinton, but. I'm sure there's two sides to that coin, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Are you a fan of Rachel's reviews? Do you look forward to family movie night, female film critics panels, or the talking Disney podcast? If so, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. As a patron, you get to access monthly events such as the watch alongs and Q and A's where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for family movie night, or even become a guest on the podcast. Podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive and I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. You know, Travis Knight, he was an animator for all the projects that they worked on. He started out as a rapper, which is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then he he became an animator and he uh, is the director of this film and uh, I found out today as I was talking with some of my friends that I guess his direction is a little bit there's a little bit of scandal yeah. kind of associated with it see and 
that stuff that you shared with me today has changed my perspective. I kind of like I'm a little for the worse about <laughs> this film overall, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's hard. What, how do you usually kind of go about that when you, when you're looking at, cause you have, you try to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Yeah. But when you kind of learn behind the scenes details, I mean, in fairness, so this, this creator, Shannon Tyndall, he, uh, in, uh, when they were having all of these layoffs and stuff like that with HBO max and, and Netflix and everything he took to his Twitter and, uh, and said that he was the original like creator of Kubo and the two strings yeah, and, creator and, and, and director and director. And he, he did the like early concept art, the storyboards basically. And he said, it's not even a, um, a like loose, uh, loose interpretation. No, that it was pretty much what ended up being the the finished product. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, in you know, that was kind of sad. Uh, he says it's something not far at all from the film you saw in theaters. All seemed well, but it wasn't not at all. There were signs, things I should have seen, but I was in it and loving it. Long story short, after nearly two years of work, I was removed as director, removed from something that came so deep from my heart, and if and it nearly broke me. So yeah, that's a bummer. It's a bummer, and you know, uh, I'm not wanting to make light or not take this story seriously, but I, I. Th- I think there's so much that we don't, you know, just as the, from like the movie going public that we don't know that goes on mm-hmm. in these studios. I wouldn't be surprised if this happens a lot. Like I remember, yeah. uh, I mean, some of the stuff is more public than others. Remember when Brenda Chapman got removed from Brave at mm-hmm. Pixar? Mm-hmm. And I was what? like bummed about that initially. Cause I was like, oh, yeah. they can, you know, that can never happen. At, you know, at Pixar, but, you know, it did. Yeah, and, <laughs> and even more recently, you remember uh, when they first announced Raya with yeah. the DT3? It had, like, a whole different directing team. Different director team, different, different, different lead, lead actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For the, for the voice cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he does say, he says, I share this not from anger or spite. I'm still exceedingly thankful that something as personal as Kubo was released. And I still recognize him as the child I had imagined. That's a blessing. I share this as a story of hope. So he was trying to be kind of in his eyes, at least be encouraging to the people that were getting fired. was kind of his, his idea. Yeah. And he, he it sounds like he, left the project or he got fired from the project when they, they still hadn't done any of the animation. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, cause otherwise he could have, I mean, he could have like not sued them, but under the director's guild, like you can't, the director's union, you can't just do that. If somebody actually directed the movie, they have to be given credit for yeah. it. They can't just be taken off like that. Yeah. Um, and so he did. He did get story credit uh, on the. He film. did, yeah. Uh, and uh, so there was that at least. But I'm sure that must have been difficult. 
and he says, don't let other people, corporations or setbacks get in the way of your stories. People want to hear them. They want to see them. We're the ones with the dreams that people want to experience. That is powerful. Know that, embrace it. And if you want to chat, I'm around. So that was sweet. Yes. Agree. So yeah. So, I mean, Travis Knight, he's just directed two films. He directed this and he directed the Bumblebee film, uh, which was far better than it had any right to be. Did you ever see that? I did see that. (laughs) Oh, you didn't like it? It it, it didn't suck. Yeah. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. It was. I thought it was sweet. I I liked it. Yeah, kind of a, I, a, a it was not a terrible of, film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't suck. There we go. <laughs> the thing I like the most about this movie is that I think Kubo is such an endearing. Well, I love the animation, obviously, but Kubo is such an endearing character. He is so easy to root for, and you just feel for him immediately. The way mm-hmm. at the beginning, the way that he carefully makes the soup for his mom. And uh, and takes care of her. It's just so sweet. I agree. You know, totally agree. It's just instantly. Yeah. You this this is such. He's such a sympathetic character, and and mm-hmm. such a yeah. He just is just a character you instantly just kind of love and and you're rooting for. Yeah. Uh, and one of the cool things also about this movie is that. It's the first animated film to ever be nominated for the Costume Designer Guild Award for Best um, best Costumes. Uh, and uh, they'd never done it for an animated film. And uh, I, I think that's kind of cool. You think the, the actual costumes that the puppets are wearing are very impressive. Yeah, they are. They're, they're amazing. And, and uh, it's, again, uh, you know, it's deserve it's it's well deserved and it's just so nice when I think in a way you know these people think outside the box a little bit to realize or just to expand their circle mm-hmm. <laughs> you know realize yeah, yeah. just because they're in making the- costumes for puppets they're still making costumes yeah. I mean and whenever you have to make something smaller it's like way harder absolutely and making something big <laughs> and the level the, i just think the level of detail that they put mm-hmm. into the the costumes or i mean even just kubo's kind of little smock thing or whatever mm-hmm. he's you know whatever he, the technical term is of what he's wearing it's and the way that everything crafted. the way that everything looks like paper is just and is it's paper stunning. It's so beautiful i love it i do too uh, the designer is named Deborah Cook, the, the costume designer. And uh, she says uh, in the, uh, there's a variety article. She says in early day, in earlier days, audiences for animation paid little attention to what characters wore. However, over the past two decades with technical advances in both CG and stop motion animation, costumes and character design have developed as animation art forms, much to the appreciation of view- viewers. And, uh, and it says costume construction used to be one of the last things to be considered in animation, says Cook, who previously designed costumes for Coraline and uh, Paranorman and the Box Trolls. And uh, to design the costumes in Kubo, she went to Japan to get a sense of how the modern population dresses, including what elements of cultural history are retained and adapted to the present. 
I collected fabrics from vintage clothing stores with authentic colors and surface work and threads and studied how they were constructed, says Cook, who originally took instruction in fine art and sculpture and learned upholstery techniques, metalworking, silicon casting, and mold making. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we start out, we learn that the the reason why his mother is an invalid basically uh, is because his grandfather stole uh, something from them and, and that her, his mother's kind of says that, that the mother's kind of in trauma, but one of the themes of the movie is about telling stories. And it says that Kubo tells paper stories with, with his origami and uh, I, I, he's just so sincere, and and I always respond to characters that are emotionally true, and I feel like Kubo's that way, through and through. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Travis Knight, he said that a particular influence came from the Yuki O woodblock style, and it says that the that the entire film was to look and feel as if it was a moving woodblock print. And of course you have one of the characters being a woodblock, the monkey. Yeah. But, uh, but I, uh, I thought that was, you can really feel that inspiration. I think. Well, I think so too, Rachel, because one of the things that also really wowed me about Kubo is not only are the puppets, you know, again, beautifully made and beautifully closed, you know, costume the sets mm-hmm. yeah i are, are so striking in their i think how style how stylistic they are like even you know that that rock and kind of cave where kubo and his mom are living at the, at the beginning of the film it's just so yeah. cool so interesting looking you know and and uh i just feel like that continues that continues throughout the film and and uh a whole nother level of craftsmanship because I don't, I think that many of those sets are practical sets, you know, they're not just these CGI environments that, you know, they're superimposing the puppet, you know, the puppet footage on. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's, and that is interesting because I just, you, in a way you feel like you are looking at painting or art or, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It does have the backgrounds, especially have that sort of whitewash. The um, yes, the like that ink style feel that you have in Japanese in Japan, and the just the way they use the paper and the way they use the water in that opening, that opening sequence with the water is just so stunning. Oh, it's amazing! Those waves. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so he goes to this bone festival, uh, which is this festival kind of like Dea de, de los Martes, where they can commune and talk to speak to deceased loved ones. This is in Japan. And it, he, if he stays out after sunset, then the sisters will appear and uh, that they want him. They want to take him. And, uh, and so he stays out too late because he's praying to his father's lantern and uh and then he wakes up in this land with the monkey 
and they have to find the armor, uh, his father's uh, armor to protect him. And uh, says that monkey says that his mother is gone and the village is destroyed. Uh, and so they're on kind of, it starts sort of the quest part of the movie. And that's probably the weakness of the movie is sort of, they don't really, they have all of this beautiful world building and this lore, but a lot of it is just, they don't give them, I think quite enough interesting things to do. Yeah. Um, as far as the, the plot, I think it sometimes happens when you can feel that, Oh, they were so focused on the lore and the, and this happens a lot with fantasy that they kind of forgot about the script a little bit. Yeah. I think kind of the second act for me really Mm -hmm. um, drags maybe is a little harsh, Rachel, but it, but it, it's definitely slows down. I think it loses momentum and then, Mm -hmm. and then it gets pretty exciting again in the, in in act three, but yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think you bring up a really good point that, that the world building became more important than, Mm. you know, just like a good, just like storytelling that keeps the, keeps things moving and and the audience engaged. Yeah. And there was controversy about the vocal performances uh, that they didn't use uh, very many Asian actors. I think there's only two in small roles. And I, I think that that's something that, that could be better. I don't, I don't deny that, but I also do, I feel like the ones that they did pick aren't particularly inspired. Like I, 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 Charlize Theron and Matthew McConaughey, I just feel like are not great choices for these roles. You know, as you bring up a good point, I didn't, I liked Charlize, I think more than Matthew McConaughey's. It almost to me felt like stunt casting, you know, like celebrity mm-hmm. casting, like, look, yeah. you got to you be voices in our film, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, and, yeah, maybe it would have been more appropriate, particularly for today's sensibilities, to have like if there if it had been Michelle Yao actors, Japanese, or, yeah, yeah. I mean that's Chinese, I know, but but if Michelle Yao, that would have been way better, way better, way better, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like, yeah, or even like a Lucy Liu or or somebody like that. I think. Mm-hmm just to give a little more flair it's just kind of flat the the vocal performances uh on those characters but the uh the anytime that that they ever talk about uh kubo and his eye and whether they're going to take away his eye or they wanted his eye i feel like you see this look of like absolute hurt on kubo's face and it gets me every time he talks you can take away my other eye. Like yeah. it was just, I thought that really worked. Well, you know, one of the things too, you know, to talking about the puppets for that I'm with you. Uh, Kubo was so expressive. I yeah. thought the work they did on, on his mother was remarkable mm-hmm. that when, when she'd go into those moments of, kind of being vague, you know, and, and not mm-hmm. knowing, you know, not, not knowing who she is or where she was, or, you know, or where she is. The way that they make that vacant look on her face was so impressive to me. Cause I'm thinking this is a puppet, you know, that mm-hmm. they are pulling that kind of emotion out of 
really stunning. Yeah. And I, I do love the um, character design on the monkey. The the way they do the fur and everything is I absolutely Yeah, it's really beautiful. cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they 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 meet this they meet the beetle. He comes. He's an amnesiac samurai who was cursed to take the form of a beetle, kind of hybrid character. And yeah, he's just kind of there. Is not particularly memorable. The beetle. Yeah, he, you know, get along I, with the I like it that it's his it's his dad ultimately. You mm-hmm. know that we find out, but I'm with you. I, 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 I don't know. I wish it could have been more inspiring <laughs> earlier on. Maybe we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. So then they they continue on their journey and they have this whole sequence where they eat salmon i think it's salmon or some kind of fish red yeah. you know red fish and i think that salmon looks so good even though it's raw <laughs> it looks so good they made it look so appealing yeah <laughs> just another tribute to those great artists at Leica. Mm. and uh, there's a line where they uh, they say where Kobu says I've never had a meal sitting between anyone before. Yeah, so I've been alone. And I thought that was a kind of a sweet moment. Uh, character. I always relate to lonely characters and stories. <laughs> I always find this endearing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the so the monkey explains that she and her sisters were ordered by the Moon King to kill Hanzo. That's the dad. And uh, so they uh, then Kubo has this dream of the of his father's fortress that's completely made. Everything's made of paper. Yeah. And that's a beautiful sequence. Gorgeous. Stunning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he dreams of meeting the blind elderly man who points him towards the helmet invulnerable in Hanzo's abandoned fortress. And uh, and then you have this whole sequence where. Kubo fights the sisters, the sword fighting and everything. And that's another great sequence. The action is great in this movie. It is it unparalleled. Is. The action is something else. And those sisters, I mean, talk about terrifying. Yeah, they really are. And, you know, again, it's Rooney Mara who's, who's voicing his voice in them, who I think does. A fine job, but again, there's probably criticism, right? Since, since mm-hmm. she's vo- voicing uh, these Asian, yeah. these Asian characters, but wow, she's the animation too- of them is stunning, and they oh. are they are scary. 
Yeah, they really are. And we find out that the beetle is Hanzu, is the dad, like you said. Uh, and they've cursed they for they cursed him uh, and uh, then they kill they've killed Hansu and uh, so he says you are my quest you always have been that's sweet yeah and then the monkey sacrifices herself and so Kubo has time to use his it's called a shamisen is his instrument and he has the he had he has the string from his mom's hair. He has the string from his hair and the string from, is it the monkey? Well, that is it just the string. Is that it? Is that just the two strings? Yeah. You know, the string, that's the thing. Yeah. Is it from the monkey oh. or is it from like it's, the original guitar? It's a, uh, so he or, has his mother's hair his father's bowstring and his own hair. Okay. Yeah, I wrote that. I did write that down. So okay. it's in the shamisen. Yep. And so then Kubo confronts his grandfather with the armor. And uh, he says, you want to take my other eye? You're old and mean and cruel. And storytelling is a sort of a theme throughout the movie. Yes. And the grandfather says, when you are up there with me, you will be beyond stories. And, and then he says, all, then Kuba says, all stories have an end. Uh, And I, I, I think that that is a beautiful theme of the movie is the power of stories and the power of endings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, when he tries to take his eye, there's something about that that's just so brutal i think oh it's horrible i mean talk about you you instantly hate the grandfather you know when mm-hmm. you find, knowing that he did that yeah oh yeah and so then the uh the moon king transforms into a giant dunkless lotus it's like a dragon basically and uh and then you get just incredible action scene have him fighting the fighting the moon beast and the um the remaining villagers are at the cemetery and and when he has the complete complete shamashen he's able to play and defeat the moon beast yeah my my memories are the most powerful kind of magic there is that's such a beautiful scene because I feel mm-hmm. like, to using their wonderful visual effects, because I don't know how many of those when I'm calling I'll call them the ancestors. You know when the ancestors mm-hmm. all start yeah. appearing, and if that's if that's a combination of of you know puppets, practical puppets, and then CG to to enhance the you know the lighting and. And the effects were anyway. It's 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 mm-hmm. very moving and and just stunning, you know. Yeah, it's visually stunning. How do you feel about the ending where they kind of give the grandfather an out? He's done these horrible things. He's killed Hanzo. He's put a curse on. And he basically killed his mother as well. He made her, you know, 
this vegetable kind of she's he's done all these bad things but they have him come back and he has amnesia and uh and so the villagers are able to kind of retrain his brain and remind him of good things and make him good uh how do you feel about that well i thought it was a compassionate ending but not particularly satisfying (laughs) (laughs) that's a good way to describe it i wanted that sucker to go (laughs) down because he's so evil yeah but but yeah i thought that they for whatever reason you know they decided to go for this this compassion compassionate route and mm-hmm. you know is yeah so that's what, how did you yeah. feel about it I, no i completely agree i agree it is does feel kind of not as satisfying as you want you kind of want him to like fall into a pit of lava or, you know what i mean like exactly explode you want him to have like an ending like maleficent you know yes <laughs> the end of sleeping beauty or uh, one of these kinds of things because he's been so bad and been so mean and he wants to take kubo's eye kubo's out i and- he took one of them out and lost <laughs> the other yeah so i don't i don't know if i if it, it's it's i see what they were doing and it's sweet but i probably would have done something else out yeah. something else at the end you know, I thought, you know, again, maybe celebrity casting, but Ray Fiennes was very good. I mean, you know, we know that he plays yeah. a great bad guy. It's true. And 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 he 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 was very good, but again, not you know, he's not Asian, uh, mm-hmm. but still, he gave a good performance. I thought, yeah, he yeah. yeah, I agree. He's probably yeah, he's one of the better better yes performances of the movie art parkinson is the kubo voice and i think he does a good job as well yep uh, yeah so overall i think it held up quite well we haven't talked really about the giant skeleton puppet unbelievable 16 feet high it's bonkers and they show during you know the end credits a little bit of how they constructed it were filming that it is yeah it's mm-hmm. that's something really cool yeah and i guess there is a classic japanese story called takayasha the witch and the skeleton specter oh uh, it was inspired this this giant this, skeleton yeah it's um 16 feet high 400 pound puppet uh, it's the record holder for largest stop motion puppet. Uh, and it is unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, Rach, speaking of endings, what did you think about the resolution? I guess what we call it resolution between Kubo and his mom and dad. How that how that gets handled. What what, what was your what was your take on that? Yeah, I so he he talks to their ghosts, right? Yeah. Yeah, in the in the future, it's kind of similar to like in Coco, with a the with the future Day of the Dead, you know, yeah. ceremonies, and kind of similar to that. <clears throat> so yeah, I thought it was okay. What did you think? You know, again, I was thinking if somehow they could magically make the grandfather, you know. <laughs> yeah. kind of get normalized and be forgetful it's like 
can they resurrect? I mean, I'm you know, this is I'm just being irrational, but it's like, can we resurrect <laughs> the mom and dad? Story. I mean, yeah, it would have been nice if uh, if there had been a way for if they're going to kind of if they're going to resurrect the uh, the grandfather in a way and give him this new life. It would have been nice to have had the same thing for his mom, but particularly, I, especially yeah, the mom. especially the mom. However, though, I thought artistically that was more more satisfying in that you know here Kubo is just praying yeah and just saying I need my mom and dad you know I still need I still need you both and and that however that's going to work you know you just feel like okay they're present mm-hmm. they're going to be watching you know that they're going to be they're going to be together although it's going to be different and I, I but I did, yeah. I, visually though I thought again it was beautiful because the way that they gave them kind of that gold hue you know as 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 was going on with the ancestors so I wasn't as kind of unsatisfied with that as I was with with the grandfather yeah I agree I agree but and also I think too and I think it resonates with you know our mutual faith in that. Mm-hmm. There is this, there is this connection with a familiar, there's this familiar connection that, that, you know, go, goes on through time, you know, through Mm -hmm. past death that resonated with me, you know, that seemed to be speaking truth to how how I, Mm -hmm. how I see how that works so that, you know, this connection between the parent and her child and their child and this fan of family, mm-hmm. you know, is it's true. And also it's comforting because Kubo has been such a lonely character to oh. know that he's not going to, that there, there's some comfort in that. that yeah. Alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's true. That's, that's very true. So there we go. I, I think it's, it is a movie that still holds up. It's a beautiful film. I, I asked my friends on Twitter what they thought of it. And I got some responses. A lot of people were like, Oh, I haven't seen it in a while. I haven't watched it. I, I, Chris White says, I liked it when I saw it in theaters. Haven't seen it since our friend, Jonathan, he says it holds up pretty well. Kevin, the critic, he says, I need to see it under better circumstances. On my first viewing, an audience member was talking constantly, so I couldn't Uh, pay attention to what was happening. That just happened to me at at the screening of the new uh, horror movie Barbarian, which was like out of my comfort zone to see. But I at least wanted to have like a, a good experience. And this lady, she was commenting next to me she was coming to me on everything loudly oh you should have gone there you know or whatever and i'm like ah stop talking yes i was like she's the true villain of the film (laughs) right Um, (laughs) jacob dominguez says i really like kubo and the two strings gorgeous animation great adventure i watched it again a while back and i think it holds up really well uh, Isaiah Washington says probably one of the best anime films of the 2010s, an exceptional feat of VFX animation and production design. Uh, and Mike K says, haven't seen it since theaters, but I remember loving it. It's a very strong directorial debut for Travis Knight. 
Lasse Voigt, he says it's visually stunning and the score is amazing, but it gets caught up too much in its own mythology and misses a certain amount of emotion and heart. Also not fan of the casting. Uh, Jacob Martin says it's my favorite film from Laika and one of the most epic and emotional roller coasters in the art form of animation. And, uh, and Tristan, he says, uh, Michael Tristan says, while I still think it's animation and action scenes are as good as it gets and its characters are also great and really well written. I do think it's story looking back could have been a bit better and knowing what happened during production makes things worse. They keep going. Um, Ralph Hansen says, I thought the storytelling, great storytelling and phenomenal animation. I also love Virginia Spectre covering While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Yeah, I love that too. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. In retrospect, an Asian story should have had more Asian voice actors. Yeah, we agree with that. Uh, Let's see. I got a ton. There's still... Christian Pacer, he's the one who told me about the whole controversy. He says, still really solid, but the revelation of Shannon Tindall getting uh, direct directing credit uh, taken away so Travis Knight can boost himself has made me not interested in revisiting it for a while. So that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, there's tons here. So thank you so much for everybody's comments. And uh, this was a fun one to, to talk about and revisit. I'm glad... Uh, I'm glad I randomly thought of it. <laughs> Me too. Thank you, Rachel. And yeah, I no. I, really, I really enjoyed the rewatch. So yeah, and and, and fun to fun to discuss. Thanks so much. Yeah. So let us know if you're listening what you think of Kubo and the Two Strings. How does it hold up for you? We'd love to hear in the comment section or on Twitter. And Stanford, where can people find you? On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark, and I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also, if you are listening to the podcast on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that so much. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the patron group and merch store where you can get hashtag animation junkie shirts. So check that out. And uh, thanks so much again. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.